Dr. Abby Acupuncture. How are you? I'm really good, a bit sweaty, a bit nervous, but I'm okay. What did you, why do you do, so you do acupuncture and you did it on me and I loved it. And I've never had acupuncture in my entire life. And then you did it to me and it balanced me. So I came to you because I was up in the ethereal realm too much and you grounded this shit out of me. I didn't like make you a negative eye on like you're okay to be on the ground, yeah? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I needed earthing and you said it was like helping more oomph through me, right? Oomph. Oomph is technically a medical term that I do use quite frequently, <laughs> along with oomphy. When you're so comfortable, you can't be comfed. Um, <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that with you, and I do that for quite a few patients. My main specialty is cosmetic acupuncture, so I love um, anti-aging or feel-good like cosmetic application, wrinkle treatment, um, and making skin glow, because I think that's a really good way to permeate someone's uh, self-esteem. So... Mm. Much like I make you feel grounded, and that to me was a very, uh, not not to be insulting or, or downgrading, it was a very simple type oh, treatment. And the fact that I wasn't treating a lot of health conditions underlying that, it was purely just, you need some oomph, you, without going too much into your yeah. health history, yeah. you need some grounding, because you're not able to be productive, so I use the inroad of a face to give people a super glow about themselves on the inside. Gotcha. Like I really like making people think, fuck yeah, I'm on fleek. And it's, sometimes it's really hard to articulate that through, like if we're tied up like strung chickens with our advertising laws in Chinese medicine. How do you say on paper, I make you think, fuck yeah, I'm great. I don't, you know, I get women screaming, I'm a hot tamale. And like, how do you articulate that as a healthcare plan? And you, and you don't, you know, and you don't really get it until you've experienced it. That's one thing I realized. I never knew how good I could feel until after. And I mean, I'm very sensitive, so I can, I can have a fairly good idea of what's shifting in my body as I'm laying there and the, the meridians that you call them getting lit up and stuff. Um, cause for example, just one area you hit a nerve, one time and it did this particular thing and then you hit a meridian and it did another particular thing and one for people listening the nerve one felt quite discomforting and like oh you hit a nerve and it's the kind of like a anxiety yeah and sharp and like like electric like it reminded me of the the pattern that electric lightning bolts down yeah and then the meridian one was just this direct thicker beam like if the beam of energy in my was probably about a cent, like half to a full centimeter wide and the nerve ones felt like about a millimeter wide if energetically they that's what they felt like to me and then the meridian one was like this just direct bolt out the bottom of my foot that one probably happens one in every 50 person mm. the one that goes out the bottom of your foot it's on the the kidney channel <laughs> you can get a different reaction from some people like i can't always predict when it's going to clear a channel in that epic amount of drama for lack of a better word Mm. and so people describe it as thinking that they think I've put a hundred needles in the base of their foot all at once on that exact moment in time and believe me I really fucking haven't I would never do that to a human Um, but that does happen quite often with people um, who like yourself are very sensitive or are unaware how sensitive they are not just empathetic or spiritual but you know there's a lot of people out there that are just really sensitive to chemicals really sensitive to drama in their families Um, and so (laughs) Bless you. That um, sensation, we have suspicions as to whether or not that, due to taking a pulse and your tongue and doing an internal landscape assessment and asking you lots of questions about your health, we can be like pretty confident that on that meridian that we want to balance or the system of organs that we want to put back to, to harmony, we'll be like, okay, there's either a blockage on this channel or it needs a bit of tonification, it needs a bit more oomph. 
but I can't guarantee that if I do that specific point, which I knew was kidney seven, I can't be guaranteed that every time I do kidney seven, someone's going to think I've jackhammered the bottom of their foot. Mm. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it, it generally tends to have a massive reaction to people I find to be a bit yin shu or yin deficient or super sensitive in nature. So like I try to give you warning as we go through, like this is going to be a bit of bitch. This is going to be a hot paper cut. This one's going to feel like a sucking feeling because mm. there's lots of words that we don't have in the English language mm. that I can articulate the mm. sensations. Mm. So when I tell a client there's a point called REN3, which is above the pubic symphysis but below the navel, and I'm like, when I hit this point and the chi hits, it's going to feel like I've got no other word to articulate yeah. as a sensation. And I'm like, was it right? They're like, yeah, it does feel like. I was like, okay. So, yeah, this shit's weird, but I like it. It's so amazing. It's amazing how much it works. You know, that's, that's what, when I came away, even from the first one, I felt more grounded. And, I, and if you had to describe that in layman's terms, what, what was occurring inside my body during that treatment with well, the needles? Well, well, to start with, my favorite thing about Chinese medicine is you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Like, it's a direct science. It's an anatomical science. It's a um, physics science. Like, it, it just, you don't have to believe it for it to work. So, for you in your first session, what we were doing where we were stimulating acupuncture points based on meridians that directly correlated to um, your... Weak points or lacking areas or... No, like I'm... Tra- I, I, my brain's just gone like brain fart for the, the Chinese term for organ. Yeah, yeah. Fu. The fu. So we work on different fu. We work on... So I have to kind of bring it back and give you about a few thousand years of education to give you back to what we were doing. So Chinese medicine views the body and systems and relationships. So we can't separate an organ from an emotion or an area of the body or a function of disharmony or a function of how your immune system interacts as well as where the meridian actually tracks along the body. So acupuncture uses the methodology or the modality of needles to stimulate acupuncture points along a meridian relating to a system of organs to then balance the homeostasis within your body. So whether or not your imbalance is due to an emotional, mental, musculoskeletal, organ failure or circulation orientation, um, it does anything and everything. So for you, if you don't mind me saying on record, yeah, for your type of constitution or what your needs are when you come and see someone in clinic is you love the erythral stuff. You want your mind fucking blowing like DMT and just go away and flip like, fuck yeah, I got this. I can see through walls. And then I have other clients coming in going, I want to rip my uterus out before I fucking kill someone. And I can help them and I can help you just in the same way. And I could probably use the same points on them as I did on you with profoundly different results. Mm. Or I could use different points in them and, and still blow their fucking minds as well as alleviate the pain. And so I just honestly redirect all this to the fucking face. I'm <laughs> just like, if I can make your body feel that good, I just want your insides to feel this good and your face to glow. So, yeah, like everyone thinks I'm just frivolous and vanity, but I'm really seeing a huge difference in people actually glowing out their fucking face. So, like, you know, you like we talk about the soul coming out of the eyes, the shen is visible through the eyes. So for you, it's still going to be making you more... Uh, relatable to other people your relationships to others are easier because the relationship with yourself is easier Mm. you feel more grounded purely because the points that we might have done on that particular time make you feel more grounded within yourself Mm. and so on a biochemical level it might have been that we helped um, the cortisol level drop or increase a bit more serotonin and maybe you had too much dopamine so the effect of the homeostasis was just to bring the dopamine down a little bit so that you could you weren't just happy all the time Mm. and you could actually be at one with 
what's going on around you and what's happening there and maybe lower your heart rate a little bit so that, excuse me, <coughs> lower your heart rate so that, you know, you were more patient and you mm. weren't feeling anxious and on edge. Mm. Like, because I do have a question, like I treated you this week and we talked about time. Yeah. How did you feel after the treatment about your perception of time? Well, I, I woke, I drank, I fell asleep in there and, I, and I, when I was waking up, I thought it was the next day and I was in bed <laughs> back in. So yeah, I thought I was, I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you. <laughs> yeah, I was totally warped. It was completely warped. I came out and I, I was like, all right, um, what do I got to do today? And then I opened my eyes and I was still in, like I was, hadn't moved, obviously. Oof, imagine if you had, that would be fun, yeah. Eh? Yeah, that would be, that would be <laughs> trippy. Because of Rick and Morty shit. <laughs> You're but, in the next dimension. <laughs> but what I found about it was that, yeah, it works and it's fascinating. And I love how you say it's over thousands of years of trial and error. That's the science that they use. It's not this laboratory stuff. It's just trial and error. And so like that that's a pretty good track you know that's a better track history than any modern science like totally and yet you know when we were training and like I trained in China as well and most of my lecturers and mentors are Chinese so I'm very lucky that I've got a fourth generation Chinese medicine practitioner I say in charge of me like it's very rare that one you get a mentor and be one of a different culture um and I actually trained at the hospital that her grandfather started up against the communist uprising her dad is still the administrator of and she got a purple heart when SARS came out so she didn't lose a patient or a staff member in SARS so when we train most of our lecturers actually MDs and so especially in Chinese medicine in China you can't be a Chinese medicine practitioner without being a GP or MD at the same time so we are very much raised I say raised because basically you go to university and it's doctrine um to to look at both in balance so initially I was a naturopath and I always found it very much them versus us like don't use aspirin don't use this don't use that and I found it very limiting and and it soured me a lot, made me very judgmental, um, which anyone who knew me then can totally fucking ascertain to. And then when I came to Chinese medicine, it's like, okay, so they're on beta blockers. That's not the cause of their illness. That's just another symptom to take into who the person is. And you know what? SSRs and, and antidepressants save lives. So we're not here to judge them or go blah, 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 blah. Mm. If we can make them well enough that they won't need them, fantastic. And we have our own kind of... Um, viewpoint on treating those types of conditions and how we would love to do it without medication but at the same time we just don't care so again when it comes to faces if you've got botox or fillers i just don't care if that's what it takes to make you happy cool i can still work around it Mm. so if people have all these um, operations that maybe we didn't agree with or maybe they've got these medications that we think are actually hindering their health we don't solely focus on that as a protagonist we go okay that's just part of who you are cool like you know acupuncture is used in um alcohol and drug rehab which I love, and, you know, you get a different type of coat on the tongue depending if you've been on methadone or heroin or alcoholism. And rather than us going, oh, the alcohol's made that, we're like, oh, okay, so there's a bit of blockage to this area. There's probably, you know, the liver's underfunctioning. They're probably not sleeping. They're probably really, really constipated. We're not going that on the tongue is purely from this drug use. It's the the whole picture. So I like that we don't um, isolate or separate from Western paradigm, like, a lot of my clients are like, you need to fucking go see your GP, stat. You need to see a psychologist, stat. Um, and I really like that because then I feel like I'm part of the health system. I'm not yeah. just happy on the corner by myself with my needles, throwing them at people from the door, hoping they'll stick. <laughs> I'm going to try it one day, I swear. <laughs> I joke about it enough. I reckon I'll be all right. Yeah, it's amazing. It's mm. so fascinating. And so what, if, 
when you're actually putting them in like with your hands and touching them and stimulating them, can you tell us a bit what's actually happening there? What are you aiming for and, and what are you doing with your fingers? And So I close my eyes, take a deep breath and just kind of throw it and see where it lands. <laughs> just hope that it hits somebody. No, no. <laughs> um, some days I think that. Um, so what we're doing is I will do your tongue and pulse come up with a diagnosis for you in my Chinese terms, come up with a Western diagnosis, which could be something as simple as headache, stress, um, which would then pertain to the Chinese diagnosis of maybe um, kidney deficiency or uh, liver stagnation with spleen underactive. And then from there I would decide what systems do I want to promote or reduce or balance or get to talk to each other. And then from there I come up with a prescription plan of which points so there's you know thousands of acupuncture points on the body very different to dry needling dry needling for us is just it hurts their motor points to it and we have that as well but we also have you know we use distal points to treat areas in the completely opposite direction of the body or you know points in the feet in order to soothe digestion or arm pain or neck torticollis um so then i'll come up with a prescription in my head and it might be a classical one that was used two thousand years ago or i'll go off a base and just add so it's kind of like a recipe you're like this always makes scrambled eggs but i'm gonna add some spring onions and some chili mm. so then um we look for so from the prescription i'll pick my acupuncture point and we always palpate the area to make sure that one i've got my measurement correct and two there's so much variation from body to body. There's a 10% variation from human anatomy to human anatomy. So I have to make sure that you don't have a blood vessel in the wrong area or what have you. Just making sure that I've, you know, not going to just tap your vein because it says so in the book it should be exactly to some there. Um, and so we palpate for whether or not it might be excessive or deficient. Palpate means feel it out. Yep, we feel. and I, So you might notice I'm quite touchy-feeling. Mm. Like I touch a lot and you're like, what are you touching there for? And I'm like, don't worry, I'm a doctor. I'm very thorough. <laughs> but my ear is up here. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so when we put the needle in, I make sure that – because some acupuncture points can be as small as 0.5 um, millimeters or it can be the size the, the width of maybe a centimeter so the the areas are different and we've got different locations in the body that have different locator indicators so um past all that so what we're doing is we use sterilized single-use uh filiform needles i use very fine ones might be 0. 0.2 0. 0.18 by you know three sun um and i personally like to freehand because i personally feel like i have more control over where it's going to go and my technique doing that is for me less painful than if I use a guide tube on a client and every acupuncture point which is like an entryway into the meridian to stimulate it either up or down so the further you get distal to the body the more dynamic and polarized the chi becomes so that's why you'll probably find the further I get to your extremities or your toenails or your fingernails it's it feels a bit sharper or a bit more intense than if I come close to your elbow or the middle of your limb or in your your tummy or your, your abdomen um and so, for example, we might go Neguan, which is pericardium six, which is three finger breaths from your wrist of your crease in the central line of your wrist. Mm. And it's quite often commonly used for uh, nausea in pregnancy or anxiety or heart palpitations. And in Chinese medicine, Neguan means in a path. So we say that it kind of unbinds the chest. It's on the pericardium channel. Unbinds the chest in your relation to other people and your boundaries with other humans. And it, we use it a lot for reducing panic attacks, stress, regulating blood, regulating your hormones, uh, regulating overthinking. Right. But to find that point, I have to measure that your three finger breaths of that line back to there. Yeah. And then it's 0.5 of a sun in. So it's about a thumb width What's deep. What's a sun? 
a, a sun is a measurement that we use for body to body because I can't go three centimeters on you versus three centimeters on me is a different length. Mm-hmm. So um, a sun is the width of your thumb and that's how we measure things in the body. Oh. So something's two sun, three sun, five sun. So uh, two sun is two thumbs. And so neguan is actually two sun. I said it wrong. Someone's going to listen to this. That's like a giant. This is the wrong measurement. Yeah, it'll be fine. Just go with the feel. Use the force. Stand at the door and throw. Anyway, so neguan is pericardium six. And we use that for inner parts. So when I freehand, it means... So if you look at the inside of your wrist, there are veins, there are ligaments, Mm. there are muscles, Mm. there are nerves. Um, And so if you push on that, if you you wiggle kind of left, it kind of feels tight. And then if you pull right, it kind of has that dull, heavy sensation. Mm. So even under your thumb, moving that degree, even half a centimeter left or right, there's a variation in the landscape of your skin Mm. and the depth of the muscle. And you'll feel when you kind of get to the middle, it kind of gives in and goes deep. Mm. That's the point. So that's why I palpate you to feel what that point is. And then I know via our measurements and study that it's another sun deeper. So I make sure that one, I've made sure your ligaments and your blood vessels aren't in the way. And then I insert the needle with the most minimal amount of um, disruption to the Mm. skin Mm. And then not until I hit that point do you have a sensation most of the times. And then when you hit Neguan, so if you push that really deep, mm. you almost feel a little bit like the pit of your stomach kind of lurches forward. Like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's how you know I've hit the cheek because you're like, oh, that felt different. And so on the needle, I'm either stimulating clockwise, anti-clockwise, thrusting or pulling to either clear that, tonify it, try and get it to talk to another one. If I'm being really sneaky, I might try and link that point to another one on the other side of the arm and just not tell you. I try not to tell my clients too much about the physical, what's going on in the body. Because one time I was needling someone's shoulder blades and was telling them what's happening because I was all about the anatomy and then they fainted. So I don't tell people anymore. I'm just like, oh, it's, you know, just in. How deep? Not far. (laughs) Just the skin. How far do they go? Depends what points. Uh, If you do, I'm very cautious that I have to make sure that I represent all of Chinese medicine because some practitioners do a neat, uh, a Japanese needling type which is just honestly just the dermis just the epidermis and the needle kind of falls flat and I don't I practice very Chinese and the fact that stimulation means that it will feel stimulated for more stronger stimulation means a stronger treatment and that's just how I've been trained like in the hospitals I saw it firsthand so I'm all about it Um, so that particular point half a son to a son deep uh, what that deep well you've got a thick wrist it's all in relation to your wrist no they were going that deep in me not you just a little bit. Oh my goodness, that just, does just, freak me just out more. Just the tip. That's so funny because nah, I thought all of my, and it's fine if they are. I'm not going to. I'm never going to tell you. <laughs> but I always but you thought, would look. Yeah. Well, I always just, I always just thought they were like a millimeter deep, two millimeters deep. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes that's the measurement. But some, but other times, how deep do they go? Could go a handspan, depending what your butt's doing. What? I've watched people in the Between hospitals. What your butt's doing? Think about sciatica. That's a decent muscle to really get in there. Like, oh, yeah. It's juicy and exciting. Yeah. And again, like we could do uh, needling. That's a threading type technique. So if I do the scalp, I might be going, oh, this is really going to put people off. So I don't really want to talk about it in too deep. But mm. we do threading, which is where you basically pull a muscle back. So I would thread through the scalp for maybe two centimeters in order to get a muscle nice and tight to hold mm. for the next six weeks. It sounds really barbaric and painful, but it's really not. Mm. And again, people who are sensitive, sometimes we wouldn't even bother putting it in the full, the full sun, however it needs to go. And it might just be in some cases, especially your cases, um, just, just in the skin, just the surface and it lies down. And it's called uh, uh, fish food theory. 
You know, like whenever you feed fish, you just sprinkle at the top yeah, of the yeah. tank and then the fish come up and grab the needle. So sometimes needles sink in deeper. Sometimes needles get pushed out. Just depends on the person's chi and their constitution. But if someone's super energetically sensitive and I'm working on their meridians, which is the energetic system in some cases, then I just do what their body responds to. I don't have to go the full nine yards. But if you had diarrhea, I'd go the full fucking nine yards to make right. sure we have a physical response right. to make a physical altercation stop. And why is it that these needles hitting a meridian, an energy system in the anatomy, stimulates changes? Is it because it's irritating the energy flow or it's... Ah, the age-old question of science. So it's, it's one of those sciences that aren't necessarily measured by Western paradigms. You can't go, it's a histamine response. It's not necessarily always a red blood cell response or a white blood cell response. Um, what I can say is it's been measured with isotopes to show that where the meridians lie is a lower hydronic, lower hydronic resistance. So um, we're taught it stimulates the it's body. It's hydronic water? Yeah. yeah. So the flow slows down where the meridians are as opposed to where they're not. So they've done all these studies um, with like isotopes and like did it on pigs and humans and rats. And every time there was a meridian, it was a lower um, hydraulic resistance. So we're taught that it stimulates the body's own natural healing response. And I've seen in some points I see it literally change people's thinking then and there in the process I've seen it uh, stop gastric discomfort in the time or the vagal nerve is stimulated like there's so many different western paradigm theories to describe it that I haven't come across one that articulates correctly for me I just like to explain it as it stimulates the body's own homeostasis so lots of things we don't know why but somehow it still works so the observation obviously never went as deep as what are the molecules doing Mm. observation went push this it feels better so for example you know whenever you stimulate a spindle cell in a muscle it releases it from over contracting mm. so it's great for that you've got muscles glittle we can stop mm. it from over contracting um it it becomes quite erythral and philosophical when i try to explain it as to why and how it works why and how mm. it works is the body's got this own beautiful orchestra of chemistry of how mm. it it wants to work for itself and now I'm never going to sneeze. Get that sneeze out. Oh, like I want to, but it's not going to happen. It's uh, just going to yeah. sit there right when I really want to get my good yeah. word out. And then I'll be like, head the microphone. I'll get wine all over the microphone. That's it. So it's this beautiful, beautiful orchestra of balances of energies. And I think it comes back down to the fact that we are just energy. As much as I hate talking in that form, like I really like science. I really like chemistry. I really like biophysics. But, you know, if you sit in the same room with someone else and you're beside each other, why do our heart rates mm. match? It's mm. amazing. You know, like that comes down to radio frequency. So there's this innate intelligence within the body that somehow through many years of observation. And you've got to remember that Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic, Indian medicine have a lot of correlations and they've got a very similar start date. Lots of those. And they're both the, some of the oldest that's that still going. Totally. And still get results. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I can't give you a bioscience answer for something that I haven't clearly articulated in my own brain the bioscience of it mm-hmm. other than the fact that it works sometimes you just don't have to question it mm. and one thing I, uh, from a direct experience point of view is I feel this achiness in the areas that you touch and so there's some sort of energetic response happening wherever you put the needles I can feel this physical achiness and that so there's obviously some sort of direct stimulus occurring Yep, so we would describe that as you are aware of the sensation of chi. 
Okay. which is what I was saying was measured with the isotopes. The chi yeah. and the meridian lines have been measured. So we say that the chi is stimulated enough, and if you tonify it, then it gets stronger. And if you reduce it, then it gets weaker. So if you think about it, you get a headache, and it's throbbing from the inside out. Mm. You need to reduce that. If you have um, a headache where you're clutching your head, trying to push mm. it in, that needs to be tonified. So we're aware of energetic sensations within our body, and we say that that's the, the chi is what you feel of the area on those needles. Because if you watch them, you'll see that... When I, hit the po- when I hit the point, you don't feel it in the skin, you feel it within. Mm. And it actually um, it vibrates, and it vibrates separate to what your cardiovascular system is. It's, it vibrates separate to your pulse mechanisms. Wow. Have, you, have you ever, like you look sometimes, did you look and see that? No, I never saw the needles vibrating. Oh, now you're going to be all like eyeballs so everywhere. They literally go like this. Like they slightly shake. vibrate, yeah. But you, d- is it with the, you can see it with the eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like, I, the reason I do, the reason I specialize in cosmetic is because I can measure that fucking line. Like, back pain, headaches, esoteric, whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this line got shorter. So that's science. <laughs> this worked. Um, I can take a photo of a before and after with that. I can't take a photo of a before and after of, of gut pain or mm. period regulation mm, or mm. Fer- fertility you can. Here's a before, here's an after. Mm. Um, yeah, so it does literally vibrate on the moment then and there and then you know we also get something called sha which is like a red aura around where the needle's inserted mm. depending on different people and what you're trying to try and treat and it's not a reaction to the needle it's a reaction to the chi and the needle like it's not because everything's single use we don't reuse needles anymore it's not mm. the 80s mm. um <laughs> unless and i've only ever heard of one case someone being allergic to the sterilization equipment that they they do with the the needles mm. but yeah so it does have a physical phenomenon then and there in the moment like we do study a lot of health science to make sure that we're qualified doctors and, yeah. you know, we're still registered the same as any GP or dentist or surgeon. We're still held to the high standard. It's just really hard to, um, to articulate it in the form that we have been Western trained to think in. So hypothetically, I mean, it's, it's actually true, but let's just say hypothetically, everyone has different capabilities. You know, some people have stronger arms than others. Some people have bigger noses than others. Some people have like whatever you get it. some people have different chi capabilities than others and too right some people can move energy through them better than others i don't think that that uh yes okay yes and i'm trying to figure out do you mean do i further chi differently in body to body for example like someone like charlie goldsmith who i've worked with and is a friend of mine um he moves energy in his body but he's never really explained it you know, like he doesn't, he hasn't never studied anything. He just mm. did it because he was, he realized he could. And yep. then he just practiced it all the fucking time for a couple of decades. So he's, 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 and this is something I can't go, oh yeah, I know what you're doing because I'm not in your body. But <laughs> the way he describes it is just that he can move energy and he can, like he can move energy from his head down to his feet back up again. And then he can move from one hand to the other hand and feel it moving across him. And so he plays with energy or chi in his own body yep. and can, can also tr- transmute it to others. and um, So I would say most Chinese practitioners can do that. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a matter of, are you consciously doing it? Are you consciously aware of it? And what kind of stimulus do you want to be experiencing while that's happening? Mm. I would say everybody in Chinese medicine, you got to remember, we touch people for a living. Mm. And we read, I say I read your soul through your pulse. Like that's my tool is touching you. Mm. And my modality is stimulating through the needle. So... When we take your pulse, I'm thinking, oh, it's a little bit fucking going on in your head. You're a bit of a schizo today. Fuck me. Let's just 
bring that down, la la la, won't tell you, see you later, bye psycho, see you next time when you're balanced. <laughs> um, so whether or not I'm doing it with the momentum of touching someone or not, effectively doing something very similar, I wouldn't say it comes down to someone's chi being stronger or not. I, I would describe it in the form of Chinese medicine views the soul in five different aspects. We just don't see a, you know, a soul. It's, it comes down to um, your hun, your po, your yi, um, your shen, and brain fart. Honestly, I knew when I had to be super brain intellectual, fart. I'd get missed like the one important thing. Yeah. But it basically comes down to part of it is your instinct, part of it is um, protects you when you sleep. So it, your, your fei remembered it. Nailed it. <laughs> Let me be a teacher. Um, your fei protects you when you sleep. It's it's kind of like your your immune system. Your shen is your personality. It's how you correlate to other people. It's how you look someone in the eye and knows whether or not they're okay or not okay. Your po is like your animalistic instinct and your animal and your your childlike play. And hun is a directional momentum of your chi mm. forward and back. So, for example, I would like I have I've never met Charlie and I've never seen his work live. I'm familiar with his work. Mm. I would say his hun is more refined mm. than most in the fact that he is super aware of his hun so he can project it mm. in order to, to help and balance others. Mm. Um, I would say everybody can do that whether or not they're aware of it or not. Mm. The shit that I want to see is when someone makes two parts of their hand different temperature. That shit blows my mind. See, can Charlie do that? I, I know. Oh, party put, trick. Let's give him a beer and see what happens. <laughs> they, they'll probably fuck him up. <laughs> Let's see. So I've got needles. I can fix it. <laughs> Well, I think I, I, he put his hand to mine once, the palm, and he was, he was fucking like a laser beam. Heat. Yeah, and um, we feel that a lot. Yeah, and, I, and I've, I've, I've had a re- feeling that I can actually do that if I just concentrated on it. Like I could, I could heat up my palm just by, because I had this revelation when I was deep in meditation of sending light out through he- heavy breathing. <laughs> just heavy breathing, hyperventilated, and tripping myself out by not having any oxygen in my system. <laughs> I had this idea. Let's give it scientific reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I had this idea that like light was coming out my right and light was going into my left, and that and I could shift it and push it out and send it towards people and um, and then I was, did a circuitry on it and it was just sending it from one hand to and that's incidentally how Charlie position he just intuitively puts his hands in and a lot of healers do mm. a lot of monks a lot of traditional healers do that as well. So it's to, it's to close the circuit, I think. We say it's, have you ever seen Qigong or Tai Chi? Yeah. It's an energy ball. So we use that ball, that position of hand over hand Mm. and the movements in order to move that Qi through the meridians Mm. to strengthen the whole body. So it's a physical form of energetic healing of yourself. And it's suggesting that the energy is leaving the body and coming into the other side. No, you cultivate it. You cultivate it. So when you stretch and you're cultivating the ball and then you stretch out your arm, the the lung meridian, the heart meridian, the sanjiao meridian are all um, engaged in that stretch and the pose might... Uh, replicate that of an animal which again works on an instinct within the body and then that chi is stimulated to the tips of the end of the meridian comes back through the systems back to the organs and then you move on with the next oh yeah but i thought it leaves one hand and goes into the other hand but also by cultivating it you got to remember if you're going to push it out it's got to come from somewhere so like you still have to cultivate it within you so you might be aware of the focus and the precipice being in your palms but where did it come to before it got to that earth and, and for you to be a conduit of it, you had to have flow within the body to be a conduit in order mm. to push it out. So when you're aware of it in your hands, were you aware of it being of of the earth or was it no, Jez's I, yeah, energy? Yeah, it was in my body. Yeah, so you would have had to have 
some form, cultivate yeah. mechanisms within yourself that you're aware of or not right. aware of yeah. in order to build that. And I would say there are lots of Tai Chi masters that can shoot light beams at other people. Literally, and, and yeah. light, light. I've seen on YouTube, and this could be... F- Oh, when they break the table with just a hand. No, the one that they lit, like, put, had paper on the ground and he just put his hand over it and he had so much heat coming out of his hand that he set the f- paper on fire. I want them just to close the door sitting on the couch. That would be dope, <laughs> I've watched way too much Harry Potter. I'm like, just close the door. That's all I want. That would Amazing. be the most best fucking useful tool of chi. Close the door. Like, I'm just, am I too lazy? Like, yeah, it'd be like if we've got the thing that I find real frustrating is I've seen all these mechanisms and I've seen these people do these wonderful healing things and I see the interconnectivity between people and using their. I'm calling it chi, you're calling it energy. It's just, mm. we've just got different language for the mm. same thing and and different approaches to looking at it. But I'm like, when can we use that instead of Siri? Like chi, what time's the movie on tonight? Chi, <laughs> can you close the door? Well, that's can you a- drive me so I can drink? I reckon, I mean, I think there is, it's this guy I had on David Savage, he's actually coming out here to Melbourne, he's an empath, and he's just like, everyone has a com... You interviewed him? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, he, he's just like, everyone has a cosmic address, yep. get over it, it's just the way it is, and I just have this capability to tune into it. So, yep. that you could almost say that, you know, energetically, or our, our local, lo- localized field of consciousness, our anatomy, our, our consciousness is in this area of the cosmos and then someone else is in that area of the cosmos. This energy, this chi that's between us is who's to say it can't communicate with one another. Like mine is communicating with yours right now, but I, with a materialization I can see and with my other senses. Mm. But even if I had my eyes shut, I'm sure we could tune into it. We'll just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So. I'm taking it to a base level, aren't I? Like, yeah, you want to get spiritual? Baseline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just keep talking. Yeah. yeah. No, and I also think that, like, with, with that interconnectedness, if you look at an athlete or an expert, mm. they've done 10,000 hours on that craft. Mm. There is nothing to say that someone couldn't sit there and focus on it for days on end and also have it in themselves. And that's what I see. Like, honestly, I read internal landscapes all day long, inside mm. out, upside out. And so that's why my uh, craft is highly attuned mm. to what that person's going through. Mm. I don't myself pertain to empathy, but um, not I'm not an empath mm. is what I mean. Yes, mm. I have empathy. God, that sounds fucking colours. Um, mm. So with that guy doing the empath shows, what do people get out of it at the other end? So we do all have interconnectedness. Everything's in relation to one another. And like, God, if I didn't say this, Kerry Watson would kill me. We're all yin and yang. And the whole reason Chinese medicine came to be is because it was the observation of yin and yang in the environment Mm. and how we were yin to the yang. And it was also yang to our yin. So I would say that that comes down to the philosophy of we are all interconnected because we all have to have a form of balance with one another Mm. um, and how that energy or that interconnectedness or interconsciousness transposes to each other is is all interesting. My personal philosophy is it's all atoms. That's my personal Mm. philosophy. Mm. I don't think um, any of my lecturers ever told me that, but I I found that came to being prior to Chinese medicine Mm. because I think atoms is consciousness. That's how we can all be... God and the same reincarnate because we're all everything is made of atoms. As a kid, it used to like trip me the fuck out when they're like, God is everything. I was like, How can he be everything? He's not air. That doesn't make sense. And if it's a man, what's he doing? Like, so I think atoms are the building blocks of every cell. They're the building blocks of all molecules. 
they had the building blocks of air, space, universe, nothing. And then the more that you investigate uh, the, the structure of an atom, it's a nucleus, a proton, and an electron. And the only thing holding them all together is more space. And then I bring that back to like when you do meditate, the whole point of meditation is for nothingness or space to enhance the synaptic cliffs between mm. your brain. And that, the more that you change those, the more space you create, which is effectively all the fucking atom is at the end of the day. It's a whole lot of nothingness. And for me, that's how I can correlate how we all relate to each other and how we all are each other and how we're all actually connected and how one suffering creates mass suffering. And I also think that's how like that whole hundred monkey consciousness comes about. I think it's all the atoms communicating and having mm, a buzz. Mm. And so for me, I just bring it back down to, all right. Resonance. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's how I try to Fuck, that's deep. That's Abby. my version of science of rationalizing it. That's so don't your, say I don't love science because I do. <laughs> that's your version of understanding the mechanics of existence. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> it's just how I, like I was raised Catholic, like super, super religious. And so, it, it, you know, but I would have these fucking weird experiences with ghosts and reincarnation and, you know, negative energies or entities and possession and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if how can you have all these at the same time? There has to be a way to rationalize it. Mm. And so when it comes to this energy healing, my personal philosophy gets a little bit avoidant. So you won't see me in the meditation circles at this point in my life. You won't see me at these big healing events because my personal philosophy is just go straight to source. Mm, mm. Like I don't mess around with necessarily healers as per se or Reiki or... um, Or any teacher that's not teaching you how to go directly... Have a direct source. experience. And, and that's where a, lo- a lot of it really irritates the shadow of me. And we get these pseudo gurus, mm. gurus, and we get these pseudo leaders. Mm. And I just think, oh, for fuck's sake, have a beer, have a pizza, and just chill out and be like, have your conversation with the cosmos in your head or with your quiet time. But be a human most of the time. Mm. It's too mm. hard to mm. be this bloody fucking amazing Instagram guru. Why, why is the Western world socially doing that at the moment, do you think? why? Because they have no connectedness themselves. Western world, we don't have a culture. We don't have a culture. We don't have a history. Well, I'm from New Zealand. Our history is, what, 130 years old at best. Well, and we resonate Western more with the Maori culture. Yeah. yeah. And then Australia, how old is that? 200, 300 years. But we're made up of so many different cultures. We don't have our own culture. Mm. You know, the white Australians tend to not necessarily consciously fucking conceive that Chinese immigrated at the same time. And yet, you know, we're treating them as a secondary citizen. Mm. It's taken how many years to apologize to the most oldest ancient civilizations that walk the land. And we still don't reckon that we're poms. Like, Mm. we're all convicts. Mm. so I find it kind of, I think we're all clinging on to this West Eastern collective consciousness is because one, it's a trend. It's easy to sell. So easy to sell. Like, and, I'm, and, and please don't take this personally because it's not a personal dig, but I just, as I go on my fucking rant as I do and I'm encouraged yeah, by alcohol, oh, I'm such a fucking rant. I think people only follow me because they wait for me to fucking lose my shit and then they can, you know, I'm waiting for, to get trolled. Um, well, it's really easy to sell a meditation course mm. because you can always say they're not doing it right because nobody knows. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how are you, you meant to feel when you meditated? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're meant to feel light and love. What if you fucking go through depression and you're an angry fucking little mole? Mm. Well, I don't feel any better and I just sat there thinking about what I want to eat and, you know, mm. sexual thoughts and then I got really frustrated. But that's what meditation is. It's really fucking boring. It's really mm. frustrating. But I see a lot of these people making the pseudo thing of light and love and be constantly positive mm. and, you know, you must be pure at all times and... 
And that frustrates the shit out of me mm. because some of the most spiritual people I know are the biggest booze hacks as well. Mm. Like it's all about balance. Mm. So I mm. get frustrated when I see people who are looking for genuine help being taken over by mm. what looks good on a label or what photographs well for the Instagram feed or Well, I mean I mean true wisdom though transcends these boundaries like for example like if 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 a teacher teaches you something that's like you should be feeling a certain thing and it doesn't resonate with you that's the litmus test but if if your teacher who is aware of that you're you as a general we might be but you and i have done kind of existential experimentations with our lives to see what is and what isn't real if someone who's walked worked corporate all their life never been exposed to anything other and they're depressed and looking for something that's not psychedelics in order to feel better, right, then we'll they're then, not going to know well that. Then we'll Th- this, is, this is the layman terms that gets me yeah. frustrated. Like, I'm not, oh, God, I'm really on my rant horse. No, keep going. It's interesting. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm just going to have my defense of meditation for a moment. Like, I think the way, if, if someone's teaching you meditation to give you an experience of light and love and positivity, that's completely unrealistic and that's not the point of meditation. Meditation's... Uh, just a, a, a mind situation to allow you to de-excite your nervous system and whatever bubbles up, positive, quote-unquote, negative, unquote-unquote, mm. like it's all good. It's all just your body unstressing and releasing stress. You don't need to cultivate a particular forced thing. It's, it's a letting go, it's a surrender, and it's an effortlessness. Anyway, at least that's the technique that I teach. Totally. And like, you know, I tell people, you know truth by the way it feels. Mm. Truth resonates you know like if that's how you it, it has a frequency in the air that makes you comfortable or uncomfortable and, and that's it adds up as well it makes sense like anytime i hear something someone say something true it, it, the real supreme wisdom aligns in my mind my heart and my soul like all the parts of my anatomy go oh that makes sense yeah but i come across a lot of people who are not necessarily as in tune with their feelings or mental acuity or in tune with their own consciousness And this is where I see them being preyed on. And so their next frenzy becomes, if I do yoga, you know, two hours a day, I will be, you know, happier. If I don't meditate for six hours a day, then I just feel like I can't cope. I'm like, that's depression. You're sleeping for six hours. Um, I see a lot of that. You got to like, people come into clinic and I don't necessarily see the pretty end of the spectrum. I don't see all the good things. People come to me when they have a problem. Mm. Um, Yeah. And so I think part of the, the whitewashing of, striving for all this is because we have never really been given a heritage or a cultural um grounding pardon maybe belonging belonging yeah yeah but you know there's there's things with belonging too look at all the families that you know like for lack of like for with my experience uh the chinese and asian communities like you like especially if you're vietnamese you have to celebrate every death anniversary of that uncle brother sister cousin forever and there's also stresses that come with that belonging. So whether or not that is the answer. Right. I don't know. Yeah, there is definitely a source of unconnectedness. And I don't know if I'm necessarily the best person to comment on it because, like, I've been raised between different countries. So even now I'm like, I don't know where my root system is. Like, I really resonate with Māori culture. Mm. I'm not Māori. Like, is that mm. where my sense of belonging is meant to come from? Like, or is that my consciousness saying that, I don't recognise this culture. I recognise It's a really culture. interesting question because I feel like that as well. They're called third generation kids, aren't they? Or like people that grow up in multiple countries. Yeah, and if you look at the side of the world, especially because I don't have a lot of experience with, with English culture, we're fifth generation. We weren't born from this land. Yeah. And then even the poor Aboriginal culture have been ripped from their tribal lands 
and their identity and had generations cut out. So they don't know who they are. So maybe the people who once upon a time used to hold the collective consciousness on a landmass for us aren't here anymore to anchor everyone. I know, it's just mm. another theory. Could get but, really but weird that, if but, I wanted to. No, but that's, that's why I think we're all probably striving so hard for a sense of collective pur- purpose or meaning or something or other. Like, I mean, for me, right, where, I, where I've come to, and this has taken years, is that I, the only place I feel rooted and grounded, because I, I don't feel truly at home in Australia, England. Or, like, ultimately, I feel truly at home everywhere, really. But or is I, that just because you feel unrooted everywhere? No, it was, originally, it was because I felt like I didn't fully belong anywhere because I didn't grow up fully anywhere. And everywhere I looked around, people always had a greater sense of home than I did in terms of the environment that they mm. are. But n- now I feel like, I feel, I mean, I feel pretty ground. The only place I can feel at peace is within myself when I shut my eyes and I turn off my senses and I just ground myself into the void or into the mm. abyss of consciousness within myself. That's the only place I can find true connected belonging. And that's how it should be for everyone, but not a lot of people have that. Mm. Like... That's why you. So, part of my philosophy in clinic is everyone has to have like a pedicure and matching underwear. I don't give a shit about body body hair, whatever. That's a choice. It grows. It doesn't grow. But I'm pretty insistent on you know clean toes and matching underwear because I look at feet and underwear all day long. And the philosophy comes from, you know how when everyone goes through a breakup, they have this. I'm all about me. Mm. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to look after all these things for myself. And I'm like, you should be doing that every day, irrespective. You should be happiest with yourself all of the time and like you just said they're more connected with yourself than anything else mm. ongoing because if you don't have you then what the fuck's the point you're the one lugging around this human body mm. you're like and I don't, I don't think if you establish that it's not like if you don't establish yourself in that beingness first when you go out into the world it's much more scary volatile changey choppy you know you can't navigate i personally and this is all from my direct experience of it i can't navigate myself very well in the world when i'm not grounded in myself self-love and self-acceptance self-knowing and then when i go out in the world i, I can be more self-accepting lo- loving and understanding of other people mm. beca- because because i've been able to do it with myself whereas for me i don't necessarily feel oh. Yeah, I don't mind closing my eyes and being alone. Mm. Fucking love my anti-human days. Like, it's my most selfish thing ever. But for me, I don't feel at home unless I'm on water. Mm. Like, if I'm on my surfboard or on a boat, doesn't matter where in the world I am in the water, doesn't matter what's going on. Like, we had this massive that's boating cool. accident, and the minute we're in the water, I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> like, And I'm like, that's not normal. <laughs> You're a fish. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, you put me on water, and I'm just... I am fluid. Mm. But put me, you know, in the middle of a city or you know in a building or in a park i'm like yeah all right the the mind doesn't turn off Mm. you know i could still meditate in the middle of a park but i'll still be thinking i'm on the water so it's just different what's your what's your um feeling it's interesting how different people and different bodies have different homes that's the whole archetype thing isn't it i guess (laughs) sometimes yeah and but then in my my classical chinese mind goes oh that's a deficiency of salt (laughs) because it's not like put me in a lake and i'm not happy but it has to be ocean right yeah like if i if i go too far inland i get like claustrophobic like fucking could not handle grand canyon man i was like we're in the desert (laughs) we're in a desert (laughs) the canyon's average let's get the fuck out (laughs) like what's your feeling on what love is like in of this of this 
with friends, with family, with anyone, this feeling of connectedness. Because we're talking about when you come home to yourself and yourself, ground yourself and accept yourself. But then part of the beauty of life is the integration with others and connectedness with others. Like we all fucking love connecting with people. Like it's one of our favorite things to do, right? Yeah. Or people. They just love. Some people love animals more though. Mm. And I don't know if they're better humans or not and I judge them. Or they might have had some bad traumatizing human experiences. Yeah, like this, we're like, I just love animals more than human. I'm like, fuck off, save the world by yourself. <laughs> I really like stuff. <laughs> Don't make me feel bad for being a consumer. Yeah. Um, so love, love in relation to yourself or love in relation to interconnectedness? I'm not quite sure of the, people. the question. To people. To people. It's really interesting because, like, bringing it back to my clinical experience, because for me, when I talk about these things, I just have to go back to a pulse in my head. And I'm shocking with names. I'll never remember someone's name. A client can come for me 12 times and I'll still have to turn to my clinic manager and be like, what the fuck's their name? Mm-hmm. Or I'll be like, hey! But then I'll take a pulse and I'll remember everything about you. I'll remember mm-hmm. what's been going with your guts, how much your bowels moved, whatever. And so last week I had a client come in and I took a pulse and it was just settled. For lack of a better word, it was just settled. And the pulse was like, it's baby making time. Like I am all good. It's peace in the world. I'm just... It, it, the only way I can exp- it, describe it was the pulse felt like it felt like it was home. And so I just said to them, hey, time to get going now. Like, let's when the baby's happening. And they looked at me like, what the fuck? And I was like, huh? what do you mean? She's like, um, we've only been dating a month. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no, your pulse is happy now. Like, this is your person. This is your boo. Off you go. Come on. Meet your match. Go go fucking get it on and, and make some beautiful babies in the world. Like, your pulse, your pulse is decided. So from a, and like, from a, a clinical perspective, when people are in love with the right person or they're equal, the pulse gets a regularity to it. It gets this really calm, underlying rhythm. And part of, like, I've never really sat down to try and break it down or articulate it, but I do wonder if it comes back down to that theory of when you're, um, obviously when you have love, endorphins release and your brain releases all these different chemicals and your, your neurotransmitters change, but also, like, when you're in love with someone you kind of your endorphins start to match and obviously your heart rate's rhythmic so I wonder how much of it is it's found its rhythm so then the Mm. pulse correlates to that rhythm Mm. so um yeah I'd love to know what's happening anatomically between two people that love each other it's a really beautiful thing to feel in the pulse but you can also Mm. feel in the pulse when people really aren't fucking happy Mm. and that's awful Mm. like you know they've been together five years and you're like four years too many buddy (laughs) or you know they've been married 20 years and it's a really beautiful symbolic relationship you can i can feel that in the pulse whether or not Mm. they're genuinely resonating i think it comes down to a resonance and i don't necessarily always think it comes down to self-love because there are some people that fucking loathe themselves and have got the most beautiful relationships with their partners it's just like Mm. you know there are some people that you know they're cutting themselves or committing suicide and their partner is just the rock beside them thinking that they can do no wrong and will wait for all that crap. So um, does that kind of circulate what you want me it's to explain? A, yeah, about I love? guess it's interesting. I just want your feeling on it, I guess. But the, the pulse thing is interesting that you can have the, because it's such a subtle thing, this pulse thing. And oh, it's the, it's the, the artwork of it. Study it for 20 years and know nothing. Oh, it's such a subtle thing, like feeling mine now. You can feel it with three fingers on it. You can feel it go from can one I, to the next to the third. Can I just slightly adjust you there? Yeah, I know you go like that. 
Because you need your your index finger closest to the radial. You need your index finger by your thumb. Right. Because what happens is if you keep doing it the other way, because if you keep changing, Mm. then your thought modality of reading it will change. So your sensitivity changes. So if you keep it index at the top on both sides, then you're always going to be reading down the lines. Otherwise, if you keep swapping you'll be interpreting the basis gotcha. at the top. That makes sense. Anyway, just just like slight criticism. But you can but when you the more you feel that I can see how you'd get better and better at understanding the sensation of what it's pressing on your fingers as. And a lot like you've obviously got the physical attribute to feeling a pulse that you can then go away, take to a book and interpret. This feels wiry, this feels slippery, this feels deficient, this feels um, sloppy. So that's what we can go to a textbook and measure and go, this deliberately pertains to a physical or emotional dysharmony. And then there's other science to it where your intuition just goes, you feel like shit. Mm. <laughs> I can't put that down to a, a postural quality. Mm. But, you know, like your friend Charlie probably feels it as an emotion or feels it within his body as maybe a mirror or a replica. I know that. Um, so I can't remember the empath guy that you're just talking David. about. David. David. David feels it within himself. Mm. Whereas I would use that as reading so I don't have to take it on my physical. Right. So you know? It's fascinating how you've cultivated that nuance of it's sensing years people. and years and years. And like I used to sit in, <laughs> I used to sit in lectures and I've always been a bit fucking weird, but to be the weird one at weird school is a bit, a bit upsetting. <laughs> what was the weird school? <laughs> I used to pluck a hair out and put it in the bottom of like a thousand book textbook, put one page over and use the tips of my fingers to feel the hair thread through the paper then I threw the next page over two pages can I feel the hair oh, wow. 10 pages you know drag my fingers over it can I feel the hair until I could do it through through 500 pages what? like just kept practicing this is the old pee on the princess and the mattress thing hell yeah like I was fully fucking determined that I was going to be the Christina Yang of acupuncture man I was like right in this and it's win it it's so subtle isn't it the whole- so subtle and you got to remember like I am I'm still just a grasshopper. Like I've got a fair few years under my belt, but I I am nothing compared to some of the masters out there. Nothing. Although I'd like to think I'm pretty good, but I still know how far I've got to go. It's amazing. And so what you what if you had to say what your skills are, it's this sensitivity to human to what's going on in a human. Sensitivity to the internal landscape. Yeah, and then working on interpretation of how those organs correlate to each other. So we say it's a system of relationships. So it's the relationship between the shin or your heart, which is also your cardiovascular, which is also the personality expression, which is also your ability to rest and recuperate Hmm. in relation to your gun, which is like your liver, which is also the hepatic system, but also frustration or grief Hmm. or resentment or circulation of your blood or, you know, your sinews. And so we have to talk about how the cardiovascular talks to the sinews or how the sinews correlate to the expression of who you are like we have to balance those relationships so I guess if you were to bring that to the love conversation if everything is in balance and harmony then everything would be a little bit of love a little bit of struggle a little bit of like we don't even let our clients be super happy we deliberately frighten them so that they're not too happy because we think happiness is a disease so you're talking to me about love. I'm like, uh, it's all in balance. <laughs> and mm. lots of Chinese relationships or Chinese marriages are based on compatibility and not necessarily full-blown heart-exploding love. Mm. So, it, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I do know, but... What's, an, know, exam- yeah. what's an example of compatibility? Someone that's really logical and then someone else that's mo- really feely to uh, have the contrast. Is that compatible? I am in no way, shape or form um, qualified to answer that question. Because mm. everyone's, the spectrum of human to spectrum human is different. Every love is different. Think of any relationship mm. you've ever had. 
the love that you shared with that person and the weirdness that you had in your relationship completely fucking different to the next one that you had doesn't mm. make it any worse or any better um you, you want someone who propels you to be a better person within yourself because you both want that for yourselves mm. i think that's compatible mm. you know like i'm i'm a white girl mm. we have a different version of what love is compared to say someone in india what their version of of mm, love is it might be true. just stability and and mm. that's totally what they need you know somebody's version of love might be a rock star and they really need someone who lets them go and sow their seeds everywhere mm. and comes home and thinks they're great it might be a politician who just needs someone to bitch about their data i don't know I'm, compatibility so is completely yeah. different person to person and you change mm. everybody changes everybody evolves you know your tastes change your your habits change mm. i guess you want someone that evolves with you equally or you know, you stimulate that in each other, I guess. Mm. I don't know. All I know is when I feel it in someone's pulse, I'm like, oh, you're at rest. It's so nice. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm like, now go fucking have a lot of sex and make lots of babies. Chinese medicine are all about procreation. Is it? <laughs> Everything comes down to, are you, is your fertile well? Good. If you're healthy, you're fertile. Now go make Why babies. Why is that? I don't know. It's, it's, well, if you're, if you're healthy, you will be fertile. They're the most populated country in the world, aren't they? Well, yeah, and they had the one-child policy there for a long time too. So I guess if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right the first time. <laughs> and especially if it's an arranged marriage, they might not be going back for seconds. <laughs> but it comes down to if, if everything in your body is well, then that means that your reproductive system is well too. So, but in, in the Australian culture here, there's a huge, huge paradigm of, of – I see it's a bit of an epidemic at the moment. And I see a huge amount of women – late 30s early 40s desperate for a family professionals single got everything going for them not even psychos but completely and utterly unable to find an equal match and so it's it's changed the culture of clinic to be talking to these women about okay what's your plan b you are obviously desperate for a family like you smell you can you can palpate it on them to a certain extent and so my job is obviously to make them as healthy as possible. I don't know if I've got points to put people in love with each other. I definitely do lots of treatments and the fact that to make you more yourself, to make you more um, honoured with who you are, mm. connected to yourself and whether or not that's enough to attract the right person. But lots of the physical conversations I have is what's your plan B? If a family is your priority, is it time for you to maybe go and just investigate a sperm donor or investigate a friend who would... Give it to you so that by a certain age mechanism, you can just fucking go for it and a partner can be secondary to that happiness. That is obviously what you're all about. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's my training or just the Chinese medicine theorem is if you're healthy, your reproductive is healthy as well. And we have this paradigm of people at the moment beginning to procreate so late or they've been in a relationship 10 years and now they're 43 43, 44, and deciding to have children and having a bit of difficulty. And, and my teacher's like, where was this conversation five years ago? Mm. Lots of people aren't necessarily open and honest enough at the foreground, or lots of men have no concept that women's bodies age. Like, lots of men, I see a lot of men in Peter Pan syndrome, they've got no concept, oh, I'll just have kids when I'm 40. Mm. Uh, hold on a minute, your wahine, your woman, her, her body will be under so much more stress. She might still be vibrant and youthful, but it's still a hell of a lot more load to put on a body that age. And, you know, they're just going along for the ride as well. Mm. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it's something that's being ignored and lots of people are getting to that later stage of their 30s or later stage of their 40s and thinking, 
fuck, I've nearly missed the boat and added more stress and duress. And, and that's, you've got to remember that's the type of clientele I'm seeing. Mm. You know, um, so we're all about, it's in your pulse. You blatantly want children. I've made you, I can make you fertile, but um, you have to have had hard conversations or hard decisions with yourself. Mm. So I don't know if that ties into the love thing at all mm, still. That's interesting. Is that answering it for you at all? Yeah, it is. It's answering mm. some, some kind of question that was put out in the ether for people that want to hear. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I ask hard questions. I always say in clinic, I'm not your fucking friend because mm. I'm really not. Mm. If your pulse is saying I'm desperate for a kid and that's the last conversation you want to have, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> mm. And, you know, if you're blatantly unhappy in your relationship, it's in your pulse. I'm going to bring it up. If you fucking hate your job and it's a nine to five and you think about talking to yourself, I'm going to bring it up. We have like people coming to clinic and go, oh, Abby, how are you? And I'm like, oh, fucking shit. Like what? And I was like, well, you asked. Like I'm not going to, this is not a room where you pretend everything's fluffy and, and you know, well, because it's not and like. So there's no, there's no walls. No, there are no walls at all. And it's safe to have a shit day. Like I also, this is where I get off with the, the pseudo meditations and the pseudo gurus is it, nobody's safe to have a crap day or to have a, just have a vent or a bitch, or be honest that they're still struggling in melancholy. So this is where it comes back to love, is if there's melancholy in the pulse, or they're genuinely not happy, well, if you don't have any love for yourself, you don't have any love to put out there. Mm. So if you're sitting there hating yourself, or you're sitting there really second-guessing your choices, or you spend all day tearing yourself apart, that's not a love action. But also if I don't let you express that, fuck, I feel like shit today, cool i even go as deep as saying all right you can tell on a pulse of someone's like quite volatile like if they're a fucking schizo you can for lack of a better word i'm just trying to colloquialize it if someone's super fucking volatile and and crazy you can feel it in the pulse that they're rampantly angry and frustrated and it gets to the point of i'm like okay when you have these visions of anger do you want them to be bloody Mm. do you want them to die or do you just want them to suffer (laughs) and we quite happily talk about it and for me it's diagnostic because then I can go, okay, blood. You want to see lots of fucking blood and gore. That is your liver, right? Mm. You want to see them fucking dead? Kidney element, right? You want them to suffer in pain? Ooh, gallbladder and spleen. And let's just calm you the fuck down. Like, we do all that anyway, but, like, it's giving a safe space to be really honest about, honestly, this is shit. <laughs> and then once you dredge, clear all the dredge, then you can build your foundation. Mm. And then you can be positive and can be normal and can be but you're going to the foundations yeah and going to the root of the problem yeah definitely you can't can't fix a tree just by pruning its leaves Mm. got to look at the soil does it get hydration what Mm. are the roots going into yeah that's kind of a really good way of describing chinese medicine that i probably should have done hours ago yeah (laughs) i really like the way it is and the the fact you go to the root because that's one thing i've always felt peeved with is the lack of intelligence in people that don't go to the root of things they just band-aid shit make you feel better and it's i suppose it's good and well intended but it's ultimately ignorant because you're you're almost patronizing yeah almost like like we have this huge epidemic of depression and suicide in this country huge like what so many men commit suicide every week like it's horrific but nobody lets them talk about it and, and just be like, oh, it's a shit day. Yeah, of course it's a shit day. You feel like shit. You probably have stuff that you haven't looked at because it has been safe for you to look at it. And then off you go, you've gone and done some irreversible damage. Um, just just do some positive affirmations. It'll be fine. Just do some positive affirmations. Just say everything's great and that'll make it great. Fuck no. Like positivity for the sake of positivity does fuck all. 
and and that also gets my goat up like he's oh the ranch i can feel it brewing yeah, let it out <laughs> you can see all these health coaches and pts online and, and social media is a beautiful thing but it's also watered down a lot of actual factual information you see all these pts going it's so great i've had a smoothie i've had chia seeds i've just been drinking celery juice 24 hours straight i feel amazing look how skinny i am look at my ads i'm so fucking happy I'm like they are fucking on ketamine for sure no one is that happy 24 7 are you fucking kidding me can you just have a beer and bloat like a normal human like for fuck's sake no wonder we have all this mental health unrest is because you're online pretending you're happy and then you can't maintain pretending you're happy because you've lost all inspiration to have photos to look happy and skinny than everyone else because you have been fucking binge eating behind the scenes you just won't tell anybody because your stories are old pictures of things that you did on a holiday in Bali two years ago and here we are pretending that you're fucking happy and everyone else is trying to uplift to this and can't drives me so mad so mad and I'm in the health and well-being circle and I'm surrounded by all these it's so great to work out 30 hours a day i'm like fuck my life i just want to lie on the couch makes total that makes total sense (laughs) how frustrating tell me what you really feel abby well yeah Yeah, that's that would be frustrating to see it's frustrating to watch because i see a lot of people with digestive issues and a lot of people masking masking their dysmorphia and masking their food unhealthy relationships through strict regimens like they've clearly got bulimia or nervous nervosa anorexia but they're actually masking it as extreme veganism or extreme gluten intolerances and it's been encouraged by lack of education and free information quote unquote facts on instagram or pinterest and you know i love that there's this medical medium out there like that's amazing but celery juice excuse me also has it's also really fantastic because lots of people probably don't drink enough fluid so that's probably why you're feeling better as well but to say i don't disagree with them i don't agree with the fanfare that goes with it like it will cure everything well actually in chinese medicine we say too much raw food damages your ability to metabolize food correctly we say that the stomach is a soup and anything not of soup like consistency or temperature or um, fluidity is more energy or chi for your body to break down so, for example, if you just have an entire diet of coconut water and you live in Melbourne, that's my other fucking rant that I can't hold back, coconut trees don't fucking grow in this environment. Why are you drinking something that's of a seasonal attribute that's not in the season? Okay? Rest my peace. Um, but if you have lots of coconut water and chia seeds and rehydrated nuts and frozen berries and mangoes and bananas and lots of raw food because it's healthy, um, none of that grows in Victoria great for starters for one and from chinese medicine we would say well actually can you imagine putting custard and cheese in a soup Mm. it would just sit on the top and ferment Mm. and coagulate and if you think about when for example you have way too much am i allowed to say brand names on this thing yeah i don't care messina it's my absolute favorite (laughs) Um, if you have way too much messina you get a bit of a gut ache, or you might feel a bit of brain freeze or a bit fatigued the next day or if you have excessive amount of chia puddings or Um, It actually diminishes your ability to create lots of blood, Mm. literally and physically. Um, And so with all these health coaches out there saying, you must eat all this raw food, I'm seeing a lot of people with digestive issues, constipation that's going undiagnosed, Mm. um, migraines, fatigue, waking up, not having any energy. Mm. You know, they're only doing a dump every couple of days. That's not natural, guys. And when you do go to the bowel movement, if you do have a bowel movement and it's only mush, that's also not healthy. You need to go and talk to your GP or your healthcare provider. Like That's yeah. the other reason why uh, bowel cancer is so rife is because people don't understand their bowel movements because they're all so busy eating these cold, raw foods and you know masking their 
you know, food diseases. It's not food diseases. Like the ranting and the wine's all in my head now. I'm just off the charts. But, you know, all these people with these um, uh, eating disorders. That's the word I was looking for, eating disorders. (laughs) It's like a food disease. It's a food disease. Well, it's a a disease of the relationship to food. You know, they've got all these these eating disorders and they're, they're vehemently, vehemently extreme vegans. Mm. I've got nothing against a plant-based diet. I just think there needs to be a lot more balanced momentum with it. Like if you're looking at the ethical side of it, sometimes women need more meat than men. So go and buy kosher meat or go and buy ethically raised, farmed, small numbers. Some of the, the impact of this plant-based phenomenon, which has got great positive things for it too, is also deforestizing deforestation of other areas just to plant wheat and rice it's mm. it's still just as detrimental we're humans we're fucked up we mm. can't get the balance mm. but you'll find that if you go back to the soup analogy if you have some more cooked foods and some more broths and you incorporate a balance of it and eat what's in season and in your region you're a lot healthier you think a lot quicker your metabolism and digestion is a lot easier to process and then you know you're you won't be trying so hard to force yourself to be healthy with these fucking smoothies that are killing mm. your gut Oh, health coaches. Balance. <laughs> Not all of them, but come on, let's just be real. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, feel I like, like that I feel like I've ranted a lot. <laughs> no, I like your reality. I think people appreciate the honesty. Oh, so please, please don't troll me on the internet because I say these things. <laughs> <laughs> where, where can people follow you to get more of this ranting? And not troll me? <laughs> with, with zero trolls. Zero trolls. So um, on Instagram, I'm Dr. Abby Acupuncture, D-R-A-B-B-I-E acupuncture spell it with a y and die and my clinic is zhong center z-h-o-n-g-c-e-n-t-r-e i'd hope i spelled that correct yeah so i do a lot of ranting i try not to i try to educate i think education is more community building and more empowering than me just having a fucking go but I, people, as you can can relate. Tell, people can relate to what you're saying i'm not positive all the time i just <laughs> i think it's it's yin and yang i'm both yeah <laughs> And we adore and accept and love you for all that you are. Thanks. And I, and I appreciate that and we'll take it on board. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for doing the chat. I really appreciate Cheers. it. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me on. Hope you enjoyed the wine.